Howdy everyone, this is David Sanchez and this is episode 13 of the Riffs or Die podcast for December 23, 2020. This year is almost over. Sincerely hoping that the next year is a little bit cooler than this one. Are you guys ready for Crimbus? You guys ready for old Saint Nickelodeon to come down your chimney? He'll sweep it out on the way down with his love handles. The other day I posted some photos of some of the handwritten lyrics that I've made for Patreon subscribers, and they got a very positive response. Every time I do some of these handwritten lyrics, they're completely unique. They're all one of a kind, and I put a good amount of time into making them, so check those out on the uh, Instagram and Facebook page and all that kind of stuff. If you want to get your hands on some, you can sign up at patreon.com slash die at the Revolutionary Riffer tier. Got some new subscribers this week. Want to give a huge thank you and shout out to Randy Chambers, Tom Clark, and Ryan Kurt. Thank you guys very, very much for your subscription, your patronage. Much appreciated. You can even sign up at a $5 level if you want, and what you'll get is a a little bit of merchandise and discount in the web store, as well as bonus episodes of the podcast. There's two bonus episodes of the Riffs or Die podcast every month, and they're exclusive for people that are signed up as patrons on the Patreon. So if that interests you, go over there, get your hands on some of that stuff. The higher the subscription the more discount you get on the web store. And we also do a monthly Zoom hangout. We already did a Zoom hangout for December, but tis the season. So we're doing a holiday Zoom hangout, a bonus one, on Sunday the 27th. If you want to get in on that, you got to go to patreon.com slash die and sign up at the $10 level or higher. Like I said, at that level and the higher you go the more discount you get and you'll be welcome to come on to the zoom hangout hang out in real time you could ask me questions we all just uh bullshit on there and have a good time so come on down i don't think we'll be having a white christmas here on oahu it doesn't really snow very much here in the honolulu area I've got this song stuck in my head. It's been stuck in my head for like a week. The song is called What's It Gonna Be? And the band is called Saga. S-A-G-A. And a buddy of mine from Colorado actually turned me on to this band. I guess they're a band from Canada. And they never really got that big in the U.S., but they're big in Europe, especially in Germany, from what I hear. My buddy's name is Igor. He owns some amazing Venezuelan restaurants over there in Denver with his wife, Becky, called Quiero Arepas. And it's Venezuelan food. They're these delicious flatbread sandwiches, Venezuelan style. And uh, they're completely amazing. If you're in Denver, you got to go check out Quiero Arepas. And uh, my buddy Igor, actually, he played in a lot of bands in Denver, Vamana, Valio Mierda are the two that come to mind immediately. He also took me out to my very first hot pot experience. Hot pot is a uh, Asian style food. I think it's Japanese. I'm not 
totally sure. I could be wrong. But they bring you a pot full of a broth or a sauce of your choosing. And uh, they put it on a burner and it heats up. And they bring you a bunch of food that's uncooked. And you basically drop it into this sauce or broth and cook the food yourself to your liking. It was super delicious. And I cannot wait to go again. It was amazing. But anyways, this band that I have become borderline obsessed with this week, and I can't get their song out of my head, they're called Saga. And they started in the late 70s and released records all the way up into the 2000s, I think. But I've been listening to their stuff from the 70s and 80s. And they're super cool. They're like a prog rock band that also has very good melodic and like hook and pop sensibilities. There are a lot of different sounds in their music and it's hard to pin down any one particular genre they sound like, but some bands that come to mind when I'm listening to them are Emerson Lake and Palmer, Daryl Hall and John Oates, Al DiMiola, Kansas, Yes, Oingo Boingo, Jean-Luc Ponty, Rush, Foreigner, Styx, and a lot of the great like prog rock bands and arena rock bands from back in the day. They're super cool. And that song, What's It Gonna Be, is just stuck in my head on loop for like the last week. It's a really good earworm. There's a lot of keyboards in the band, and the intro sounds a little bit cheesy, a little bit super early 80s cheese ball, but... I assure you the song gets very cool after that. There's a really great guitar riff in the chorus. I just can't get that song out of my head. The chorus is insanely catchy. And the production is cool. And just the band uses a lot of really interesting notes. Kind of like ABBA. And uh, ABBA is another band that these guys really remind me of. Their first record that's on Spotify, they might have stuff before this, but the first one that it shows in the discography on Spotify is called Saga. So their self-titled album is really, really great. It came out in 1978. And you got to give that a listen if you're into prog rock or even if you're just into interesting, creative songwriting. The songwriting is really, really excellent. And the hooks are there, the musicianship is there, production's awesome, and it's just a really fun listen. Great band, and uh, I'm very grateful to my buddy Igor for showing me that band. He and his wife were telling me about the time where they went and caught that band in Germany, and they were able to see them live in a small club, packed out to the gills, and uh, a bunch of Germans, yeah. Listening to the saga, yeah. Yeah, we like this. You are much better last time, but I would like one of every shirt in size L. I don't like your newest album. I'll take 14 copies. People that have toured Germany will know what I'm joking about there. (laughs) So my weekly recommendation for music of course, is going to be the band Saga. I'm amazed that I had never heard of them before just because I listen to a lot of weird music and a lot of obscure bands and especially old prog rock and stuff. But they had never crossed my radar 
until he brought it up. Interesting how some bands slip through the cracks, but I have found them, and I'm very happy that I have found them. I was watching this documentary the other day, and they were talking about these elongated skulls that they found all over Peru. They call them the Paracas skulls. P-A-R-A-C-A-S. Paracas. The Paracas skulls are uh, elongated skulls, but I guess they've done some testing on them and found that some parts of the DNA can't really be traced back to any other Homo sapiens that we know of. Some of the DNA is mysterious, and these skulls look almost like alien human skulls. But um, I guess it's something that nobility in Africa, a lot of places in Africa would do when children were small, they would bind the head to kind of like squeeze it and elongate it. And that's how you would be able to tell that these people were royalty, aside from all the gold chains and jewelry and bling bling. But the most interesting thing about these Paracas skulls is the volume. The volume of the skulls is abnormal and much bigger than other things that we see in Homo sapiens. In a lot of African cultures and other cultures around the world where they do the skull elongation, the skull changes in shape, but the volume remains the same. So these Paraka skulls having the extra volume indicates that their brains must have been bigger and maybe that they are descendants of some sort of other unknown ancestor that we're unaware of. It's not a result of misshaping and deforming the skull. That is super interesting. And they found some that still have the hair on them, and the hair is red. They were talking about how uh, you know, that red hair has to come from the Middle East or parts of Europe. And some of these skulls are so old that it totally throws out of whack the whole out-of-Africa idea. Not completely. It doesn't change the idea that we came out of Africa, but just the order that it happened. Some of these skulls appear to have been there since way before they say Homo sapiens came into South America, which would indicate that people from the Middle East or Europe or Africa got into boats and sailed west across the Atlantic Ocean, over to the Americas. Long before people came over from Eurasia, across the Bering Land Bridge, into North America, and then eventually South America. Basically, it rewrites the entire history of migration in the human species. And anomalies like that are not really taught in school, or generally accepted by people that study this stuff. The people that are studying this stuff got their degrees from schools who are very in tune with mainstream ideas on this stuff. But here's the thing. Think of how bad the news is, how falsified so much of that is, and then think, imagine how bad history is. If the news is manipulated and faked, there's got to be a lot of history that's manipulated and faked. 
our idea of what happened in history has got to be like how bad the news is times about a billion. The idea of human evolution and human history not being fully understood is completely fair. It makes me think of Terrence McKenna in his book, Food of the Gods. One of the things that he posits in that book is commonly referred to as the stoned ape theory. The idea is that Homo sapiens developed such large brains in such an evolutionarily short amount of time because he believed that we are the descendants of apes that feasted on psychedelic mushrooms. Now, psilocybin is the chemical in psychedelic mushrooms that makes you trip. And psilocybin has recently, in real scientific studies, been shown to not only create new neural pathways in your brain, but to repair broken ones. And it allows you to have better vision, better hearing, better empathy, heightened senses of awareness, self-realization, increased courage, and allows you to unlock parts of your brain that are normally dormant. So his theory can't really be disproven, can't be proven either, but it doesn't sound like a very uh, far-fetched idea. Maybe we are the descendants of apes that feasted on psychedelic mushrooms. The kinds of revelations and epiphanies and good ideas that happen when you are under the influence of psilocybin could have very well transitioned humans from being more lower-brained to more higher-brained. Terrence McKenna had a pretty strong belief that psilocybin, cannabis, and even DMT had a lot to do with the cultural evolution and even biological evolution of our ancestors, which leads us to the people that we are today. And going back to the increased levels of courage that you get when you're slightly tripping on psilocybin, that could have very well helped with hunting. If everyone on the hunting party has increased vision and hearing and more courage and bravery, you'll be way more likely to get the kill and the whole tribe eats that day. Like I said, can't be proven or disproven necessarily, but it's not a completely ridiculous theory, I think. Food of the Gods is definitely an amazing book that you guys should check out if you have any interest in human history or the history of drugs or in psychedelics and what they do and what they've meant to humans throughout the last several thousands of years. Terrence McKenna is super insightful and really eloquent and incredibly well-read And that book talks about a lot of really interesting stuff about where we came from and where we're going and why things are the way they are today in regards to drug laws and culture. That book, Food of the Gods, actually inspired a lot of lyrics on the last Havoc record. On V, there's three different songs that I can think of off the top of my head that can be kind of tied in to Food of the Gods. The song Ritual of the Mind was very inspired by Food of the Gods and what Terrence had to say about ancient shamanism 
and how important psychedelics were to mankind thousands of years ago and for thousands of years. It's amazing that some of these drugs are illegal, but they've been used by humans throughout history for rituals for thousands and thousands of years. It's almost as if an ancient human basic birthright has been taken away from people just in the last century. So in Ritual of the Mind, I talk about the war on drugs a little bit, but also in the choruses and the end of that song, talking about how nature has the answers to some of our problems and that we need to make a return back to that ancient mode of thinking one that is way more in tune with our planet and way more in tune with nature. One that opens the mind and expands it to new places instead of closing it and boxing it in. There's a lot of evidence that back in the day there was tons of different cultures that utilized psychedelic mushrooms or psychedelics in general in religious practices. There are still cultures that do ayahuasca and mushroom ceremonies. But in this book, he talks pretty in-depth about how psychedelic rituals were pretty majorly ingrained and intertwined with human civilization. In the last few millennia, it's become bastardized and turned in to these strange religions where we're monotheistic and there's a lot of uh, icon worship, I suppose, instead of participating in the natural world with an elevated sense that you are a part of it and it is a part of you. And that idea ties right into the song Interface with the Infinite on V. The song's title kind of says it all, Interface with the Infinite. It's communication with infinity, with the universe, with the multiverse, with the planet, with everything that is, the essence of all life. You can communicate with it in a different way and forget yourself and forget your ego. You temporarily go out of your mind. And I don't mean that you go completely crazy. I mean, you kind of go outside of your own head for a while. You see things in a much different way. And it kind of taps into this ancient, shamanic, religious, ceremonial kind of vibe where you're reconnecting with ancestors, so to speak, by becoming intoxicated with the same thing that they would use to get intoxicated This reconnection can be really good for dissolving the ego and just generally making you have a better sense of well-being and security in the feeling that you belong to something much bigger than what is right in front of our eyes. I know this sounds like a bunch of hippy-dippy pseudoscientific bullshit, but I find the idea of reconnecting with our ancestors through using these substances to be of high value and something that uh, should not be illegal. I'm not saying that everyone should do it, but you shouldn't be under the threat of being locked up in a cage if you decide to do it. 
The war on drugs is a war on consciousness. It's a war on the minds of the people. It's not necessarily a war on drugs. It's your body. You should be able to alter your consciousness however you would like. Whether it be through coffee, alcohol, marijuana, psilocybin, other substances, television, movies, radio, whatever. In Interface with the Infinite, I use the word neurogenesis, which is the word that's used to describe the new neural connections that happen in the brain, generating new neural pathways. That's something that happens in very large amounts, I think, when you're tripping. And recently, they've found in studies that psilocybin and other psychedelics can be used beneficially as medicine to help treat addiction, anxiety, PTSD, depression, all kinds of different things. So, again, it's not for everybody, but it does have its benefits. So the fact that it's illegal is pretty absurd. And one thing that fascinates me as well is religious people that would be against this kind of a substance. Speaking of psychedelic mushrooms specifically. Because if you believe that God put things here for us to use and enjoy, well, who put the mushrooms in the ground? Who put the marijuana in the ground? If you're against those things, as Bill Hicks said, doesn't the idea of making nature against the law seem to you a bit Unnatural? Wise words from a wise man. Bill Hicks knew Terrence McKenna. They used to hang out. That would be a fun couple of dudes to be around, I think. Both are very philosophical, well-read, interesting people that had uh, bright minds and wise words to share with the world. Rest in peace, Terrence, and rest in peace, Bill Hicks. Thanks for doing what you did. You made the world a little brighter. The third song that kind of comes to mind when I'm thinking about relationship to that book is Panpsychism. And for those who don't know, Panpsychism is a philosophical idea that everything possesses consciousness. It's the idea that consciousness is the bedrock of existence and even more fundamental than gravity, even more fundamental than elements, or even dimensional space. The idea that consciousness gives continuity to everything that exists, whether it be living or not. The first time I ever heard this idea, it sounded completely ridiculous and laughable, but then the more I stewed on it, the more I thought about it, pondered over it, the more it seems to make sense to me. Of course, it's a hypothesis that cannot be tested, and there's no way to prove it or disprove it, just like the stoned ape theory. But to me, it makes sense, because even on a subatomic level, there is a display of consciousness happening. In an atom, you have the nucleus, and flying around the nucleus, you have the electrons, And the electrons are displaying some sort of consciousness by not just flying off and making the atom fall apart. There is some sort of a display of consciousness. It might not be memories or the way we think of consciousness in humans or in plant life or in animals, but 
some sort of uniformity and some sort of hierarchy of rules of nature building blocks for existence, basically. If the electrons flew off of the nucleus, then atoms wouldn't exist. And they say that atoms make up everything that has mass, everything that has matter. So if the electrons flew off and the atom didn't exist, then nothing would exist. We wouldn't have any material things. At first, it was such a hard concept for me to wrap my mind around, but like I said, the more I stew over it, the more it makes sense to me. That consciousness permeates all things in the whole universe. In the song Panpsychism, in the third verse, there's a part that says, Dead or alive, there is communication. Existence dictates subatomic cooperation. That line, I'm talking specifically about the atom idea. The different subatomic parts of the atom are displaying some form of consciousness, some form of organization and awareness of itself. Because the electrons don't really bump into the nucleus, they revolve around the nucleus. Not much different from our sun being the nucleus of the solar system and the planets move around that nucleus. And same with moons around their planet. The planet acts as a nucleus and the moons revolve around it. It's really interesting how you go on the micro level of atoms and then you go to the macro level of planets and moons and solar systems and even galaxies themselves. And it's got a very similar layout. It's completely fascinating how the macro level and the micro level seem to reflect each other. So, now you have a little bit of insight into some of those songs that are on V. And hopefully they uh, make you scratch your head a little bit. Some of these ideas are things that make me scratch my head. So, cheers to all of you head scratchers out there. Now, I think I've babbled and you've heard the ravings of a lunatic for long enough. So, let's dive into some of the questions for the week. Let me open up these emails here. See if I can get you guys some answers to some of the things that you have inquired about. If you have any questions for me, you want to write in, please write them in to podcast at riftsordie.com. And I'm especially interested in hearing some wise words from you guys. Tell me the wisest thing you've ever heard or the best piece of advice you've ever gotten. I love sharing those on the podcast. So let's dive into the emails for the week. All right, first things first. This one says, supporting bands question. It reads, hey, David, question for you. I've always supported my favorite bands by buying physical copies of the albums and shirts slash merch whenever I can. That being said, I think I have dropped the ball a little. I don't have a Spotify account because it's just not how I consume music and I'm feeling very subscribed to death with all the content out there. On the last Zoom hangout, it seemed like everyone was very savvy with the Spotify streaming numbers. Am I behind the times? Is streaming on Spotify a necessary way to support the artists? As we know, music is life, and I want to do my part to make sure awesome bands like Havoc continue to put out records. Well, um, the best way to support artists is definitely to buy their merch, because a lot of record labels tend to take the majority of the money from music sales from bands 
So are you behind the times? You could argue that you are. You could argue that you're not. You don't have to be on Spotify. Spotify is a great tool to discover some new bands. I know I've definitely broadened my musical horizons a lot because of recommendations from Spotify. But that same kind of thing exists on a lot of different platforms where they can recommend artists that are similar to what you already listen to. The algorithms are pretty good at dissecting what you like and throwing more of that in front of your face, which I'm thankful for. I've discovered a lot of great new artists that I would have never known about if it wasn't for Spotify. But Spotify basically pays dick for the bands that you listen to. If you really want to support bands, I think the number one way to do it is to buy t-shirts, buy uh, posters, buy hoodies, buy patches, buy stickers, and tell your friends about the band. Get more people into it. That winds up being more helpful to the artist than you listening to them on Spotify. Spotify numbers are not everything. It's just, it is the biggest streaming platform for music. But those numbers are not everything. What really matters is how many people come out to your shows. When shows do come back, the number one way to support artists, of course, is going to be to go see them live. And if you can afford it, pick up a t-shirt or any other cool merch that they've got. So that's it. If you guys want to help the artists subscribe to their like Bandcamp, or if they have a Patreon, or buy their merch, go to their shows. Those help the artists immensely. On top of, like I said, spreading the word, getting it out there, and sharing it with your friends. More fans of a band means more money, means they can continue to make music. And bands need money, not because they're greedy, but... You know, there's a lot of smaller, independent, or just kind of underground bands that are not making a ton of money on tour or with their streaming or with their music sales. Most of the guys that I know still work regular jobs, even though they're touring and uh, they pack it in in clubs. The music industry is just not what it used to be. So every little bit really helps. Even if you can throw a band five bucks to buy a patch or something, that does help the artists a lot, especially if it's official merchandise. Don't go find bootleg stuff because that doesn't help the artist at all. That means the bootlegger just made money, but the artist is not seeing a single penny of that. So buying official merchandise is the way to do it. If you want to support the artist, don't go buy bootleg shirts, bootleg patches, Buy the official stuff from the band's official web store. That's how you can guarantee that the band is going to see something instead of some artwork pirate. But thanks for writing in. Great question. This next one is entitled Podcast Guest. It says, yo, what's poppin', David? I think you should have John Keevil from Warbringer. I think that would be pretty interesting. Yeah, a bunch of people seem to be wanting me to get John Keevil from Warbringer on here. So I think I will hook that up sometime soon. We can expect that sometime in early 2021, I believe. All right, the rest of this email says, P.S. I'm a 17-year-old Southern Native American from the dry lands of Arizona. I've been playing guitar for about a good five years. And I've got to say, Havoc inspired me many times, lyrically and musically. And would like to say thank you for getting me hooked on reading Behold a Pale Horse. Rad, man. Thank you for the very kind words. 
And yeah, that book, Behold a Pale Horse, is a trip. I need to get back into reading that. I took like a couple of weeks off. I haven't been reading. The time has come for me to grow my brain. God knows I need it. Thanks for writing in, man. That's really cool that the band can inspire musically and lyrically. That's lovely. La 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 lovely. I've got a couple of bonus episodes to do for the Patreon subscribers. I need to wrap those up in the next week or two here for December. And again, we're going to do a Zoom hangout, a special holiday bonus one on Sunday, December 27th. If you want to get in on that, go to patreon.com slash riffs or die. Sign up at the $10 level or more. I hope that you all have a very Merry Christmas and Quasi Kwanzaa and Happy Hanukkah and Merry Krampus and all that other good stuff. I hope this week is very peaceful for you and you have a good time with loved ones. Thanks a lot for listening to this. I apologize if it was a little scatterbrained and jumbly. It's my bad. I think I might need to go eat some more mushrooms. <laughs> I'll leave you guys with some wisdom from Terrence McKenna. This is a line that we used to use in our intro for the song Master Plan when we would play it live. He said, quote, If you don't have a plan, you will become part of somebody else's plan. If you don't have a plan, you become part of somebody else's plan. Amen. So I'll leave you with that to ponder over. Take care of yourselves and each other, everyone. Try to leave the world a little nicer than the way you found it. We'll be all right. Merry Crimbus to all, and to all a good night. Adios, amigos. Talk to you one more time before this year is over. Woo!